Hi, Nicole. Thank you for joining me today on our Managing Miscarriage podcast. And I really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy work schedule and personal life to share with us. And all our listeners are in for a treat today as Nikki is going to share with us personally her her experience with some miscarriages as well as professionally how she helps herself and other women. So welcome, Nikki. Thank you so much. What an honor. So let's start out. Give me a timeline of your experience with pregnancies. So timeline. Um, I have to start with my oldest. She's 14. Um, when she was 18 months old was my first miscarriage. Then uh, when she was slightly over four, we had our second successful pregnancy and that's our little Annie. And when Annie was 18 months old, we had our second miscarriage. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, what is my body doing at this time that there's something isn't, isn't driving. Um, then I had one, gosh, I want to say Annie was around four. Let me think of those four. And then Sunny was in first grade. Yep. So yep. Annie was like three and three quarters, four years old. Um, fast forward to, we now have a little guy who's two and in the, what's April, May, June, July, August, like in the seven months prior to conceiving him, I had my last two losses. Um, so those were numbers four and five. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, so they, they were fairly spread out and, you know, I will tell you a question that I often get is like, well, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you go find out why you were having a miscarriage? And I think the thing that's important to know is that, um, first of all, I, upon our first pregnancy, I had already been a birth doula for six years. And so I had experienced loss with my doula clients, certainly. Right. And I had sort of set a precedence, to be honest with you, because um, that's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's hard going through it, but it was really hard not having had experienced it, but then trying to help somebody else navigate their own. Um, I, I just had this sort of fixed belief that, um, and I remember coming home and telling my husband, like, okay, so here's the deal. If this ever happens to us, what I need you to remind me is that I believe that these sweet little souls have been gifted to us with some kind of lesson. And in the moment, inside of all of your grief and sort of despair and hurt and all of that, it's hard to have that realized, especially because like we didn't get to hold them and we, you know, like the pregnancy didn't sustain. Right. So how do you wrap your brain around that? But that was really my belief is like that there was this lesson. Um, yes. Right. Absolutely. Like, I don't know why I can't spit that out, but (laughs) there's this lesson learned and that we need to just honor that the timing is always perfect even inside of her upset. And so that was just one thing I had shared with him is like, I just need you to tell me that and tell me that again and remind me that if that ever happens to us and then lo and behold, it happens to us. 
Aww. and 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 then to kind of do that gut check of like okay do I still feel that way you know and with that first one I did yeah so and in the like, midst of it you know it's hard it can be mm -hmm. hard for sure so I just remember thinking like okay I had dropped Sunny off at um at daycare and I had gone to school it was finishing my four-year degree at the time and um then I started to feel the cramping and you know I was like what is this this is interesting and called my midwife and she's like well if you can just go home and put your feet up and I thought well that's kind of funny I was a quasi single mom at the time um and uh w with my husband just not yet married and not quite emotionally there yet as a couple Mm -hmm. Um, so just felt very alone. So, you know, just kind of went home, did put my, did put my feet up, but still was just in this kind of space of confusion. And then, you know, and then I miscarried and then, um, all of my miscarriages, by the way, were just, they passed naturally. I never needed to go seek any more support, but that's, again, you have to understand that this is coming from the perspective of, a mama who home births so my yeah support I had the system, same experience I think, right it's yeah, very different I think mm -hmm. from what others experience so um there's certainly like a lot of compassion and space and time and emails and phone calls and things I just don't know that that's always available to women um you know in a pregnancy let alone in a loss and so that was just a really a gift inside all of it um so you had my, those people to reach out to when you For sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Resources. Right. Because it's just, yeah. you just feel alone for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, in the experience, the second one, um, it, it's odd too. When I look back, cause sometimes I have this little bit of mama guilt about like, gosh, how come I don't like, I don't remember some of them. Like I remember others. It's really strange, but I also look at kind of the stress I was under at the time where I was in our relationship and our marriage, just in, in parenting. And, um, you know, what's interesting is, so the second one, I don't really, really have a recollection. I just don't really remember it. The third one, I remember, um, actually here's something interesting after my first one, a year later, when I was getting that like baby fever again for just like, okay, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time. I just couldn't figure out why I had suddenly just gotten so sad um, it had been a couple of months where I just, not a depression, but just kind of a sadness. And I had noticed this, um, respiratory stuff just kind of sat in my chest, this kind of respiratory gunk. And I just couldn't get rid of it until I read somewhere. It was probably some Louise Hay book, you know, that, um, absolutely that probably on my bookshelf behind me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that grief sits in our chest and yeah. I had some body work and all of a sudden all this heat, you know, started to arise and all these tears. And I was like, man, you know, what is this? And so it was my first real look at, um, well, then, of course, I went to my, um, do you have the Carolyn Meese book, Anatomy of the Spirit? Absolutely. Ah, uh, it's a dirty book. <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm looking at all areas of, of the chest and whatnot, and, you know, what I come down to is that, um, that this is um, an area of grief, and I really had to look at, well, God, what am I grieving? Like, what am I grieving? What, what am I so griefy for? What is this about? And then it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, man, I don't think I'm... I don't think I've got any closure with that loss. And so one of the things I did is I was, I really felt sort of sheepish about it, but I approached my, you know, now husband and I was like, look, I just think I'm not in a good place with this. And the very first um, kind of intuitive nudge I got was that I needed to name that baby. And 
And so I did. I had firmly believed it was boy and I named him Parks August and I made up kind of like a little certificate kind of and just tucked it away in my, you know, along with my high school yearbooks and, you know, all yeah. the things that were important to me. And it really did something. It really, really provided me with closure. Um, you know, so moving on, we got pregnant, you know, our four-year-old or uh, old Sunny was four, had our second baby. And then again, 18 months postpartum. So our second miscarriage. Now that's the one that I said, I don't really have a recollection of. I don't really remember much about it at all. However, the third miscarriage, I could put myself back in that day, like nobody's business. Um, Just like so many other moms where I'm dropping one off, you know, at, um, at first kindergarten or first grade, I dropped her off at her little Waldorf school and then went and did like this little mommy and me play date thing with my three-year-old and a three or four year old and then came home. And, um, and the interesting thing about that is I just, you know, I felt this feeling off all day and I'm like, Oh gosh, this is really familiar. I don't know. It's kind of resisting this. And I think I was about eight weeks pregnant. Um, and, uh, well, and the, and kind of looking back, I had just been out of town for four days and it was very off. I was at a, an event, like a Weston A. Price Foundation conference, oddly enough, in, um, Chicago, where I was bumping into some practitioners from the Minneapolis area. And a few of them were like, are you okay? You don't look so good. Like what? And I just remember thinking like, oh, I'm under a lot of stress and I'm really tired and whatnot. So, you know, I come home, that was four days prior, come home, dropping off my kids. Um, and, and I start having that familiar ache and then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, am I pregnant? And I'm doing the math. So not only did I start experiencing miscarriage, but I started experiencing a miscarriage without even knowing I was pregnant. Oh, wow. So that was the one where I was, um, it's a lot to process all at once. Yeah. I'm and I, and I'm losing. Yeah. Yep. And I had it that I was about 10 and a half weeks, um, and was super off on my schedule and was under an incredible amount of stress and, um, relationally. And I just, I had no idea. I mean, usually I was super, um, in tune with my cycle and this was, really, really tough. I also had um, on that very same day, my whole team at the time I was publishing a magazine. I had my whole team of account executives and marketing and design all sitting around my kitchen table as I start to bleed. And it wasn't like I start to bleed. I literally went through five pair of pants in the duration of our meeting. And it wasn't until inside of that, that I'm having this aha moment of, oh my God, I'm doing the math, trying to stay present in the meeting, but like trying to figure out what's going on with my body. And then I literally just had to look up and just be like, you know, like, excuse me, uh, I'm actually thinking I'm having a miscarriage as we speak. And that was so hard. I mean, it was amazing to be surrounded by women that I could be vulnerable with. And that was incredible. But, you know, then they all went home from the meeting. Um, and as I realized what's like what's happening and trying to manage a four year old at the same time, I went to pick up my daughter from school and she came home with lice um, oh <laughs> and the notice God. from. Yeah. And so yeah. my body was. It really, it was, I was definitely in, uh, in a certain amount of pain, but then there's that, like the first time lice hits your household, you know, you want to wash everything. That's like a fabric a textile. So I'm like curtains and everything's being vacuumed and I'm taking off the slip covers from the couch cushions and the, while oh you're gosh, passing this while I'm having miscarriage. Yeah. Oh, um, so that's quite memorable just because I just, I remember just how exhausted I was and how uncomfortable I was and how, I had to call my mom and, you know, she had to come over and help out. And that was just, that was just a tough, that was tough. Um, 
But I fast forward to my last two, and here's here's what's interesting is you know in the last number of years, um, well, really in, in all my years of like practitionerhood, I would say every year from about the age of twenty four to twenty six. I raise the bar in my health to some degree, right? You just get clean, you get cleaner, you get healthier, you feel stronger, um, you, get more, you know, allow yourself more grace, right? Yeah. I've done all these things. Um, really started to look at my emotional health and taking that quite seriously. I mean, been to tons of counseling and many different practitioners and modalities just to start, you know, working things through. Um, now, at the time, we had come to a place in our marriage where, you know, I knew it needed to be in order for me to have a third baby um, that I knew I wanted and that I just had this checklist of things that I needed to achieve before I could do that. You know, I needed a practice that was thriving enough to um, support itself if I needed to take some time off or, you know, kids are sick or whatnot. And I needed our marriage to be in a certain place. And, you know, all of that was happening. It was quite lovely. Um, and at that time, this is kind of where the nutrition response testing piece gets woven in there because I had been, gosh, two years into being on a program with a different practitioner. And I just was blowing my health goals like out of the water. It was incredible. Some of the things I was knocking out left field, it was insane. Um, you know, just things I couldn't move in years were moving with this work. And I was just super excited about it. So imagine my surprise when I um, miscarried and I was like, what? Are you kidding me? I remember it was March and I was probably about six weeks along and, um, and I'm looking at the calendar going, you know, take now that in that time it didn't again affect me. I was in a much um, healthier mindset at the time. I was much more emotionally um, grounded at the time. And so I was just like, okay, chalk it up as a loss, you know, let's move on with life. Um, that was March, the few months later in um, August, I got pregnant, um, realized I was pregnant on Labor Day weekend, being up north with my family at the cabin. And I only realized that when my dad teased me for taking a nap out on the dock because I'm not a napper. I don't sleep much. <laughs> and, and I really kind of looked away. at that and <laughs> total, de total dead giveaway, actually. Yeah. And I looked at, you know, my dad said that and I looked at my husband and then I look at the calendar again and I was like, huh, okay, well. That's interesting. So, so that was really fun kind of living inside of, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm pregnant, but, but that, this was the last, um, the fifth loss. And, um, I actually think now I'm missing one in between there, but, um, this one was the monumental one, Melissa, this was the one that, um, really blew the top off both the physical and emotional side of what I was experiencing, what I had experienced. Now, I've, I'm very open in sharing that our marriage was really tough for a lot of years and um, it caused a significant amount of emotional and physical stress on my body. And I was um, very open and vulnerable to, after a number of years of it, really letting myself see the damage that I had done. And, um, and then consequently the amount of self-care I needed to put into place. And, um, this particular loss was inside a time when then I could allow myself to be vulnerable. If that makes sense. Yes, like I, absolutely. I the space felt, was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I say I felt safe in my marriages, I never felt physically unsafe in our marriage, but there's always that sense vulnerable. of vulnerability. Yeah. It's really, really hard to just get there and, and kind of crack yourself open like that. So, 
Um, and, and so, you know, I got up and went for a hike in the woods with my, um, youngest daughter. And I kind of felt that, that familiar twinge of like, Hmm, I think I should be feeling this right now. You know, this this shouldn't be happening. I went home put my feet up and then more of it. And then I called my husband and said, so I'm not, you know, trying to predict the future or anything here, but this, I don't like the way I'm feeling. And, um, you know, and honestly, I'm a little bit scared. And, you know, he just said, you know, like, put your feet up, just rest for the rest of the day. So I did. And he said, do you need me to come home? And I invited him home. And my eldest got off the bus, um, you know, said, mom, what's wrong? So, you know, I'm just not feeling super well. And, um, you know, at about three o'clock that afternoon, I started to lose that pregnancy. And I, um, you know, kind of one of those, like, oxymoron moments, or I don't know what you would call it, where like, I am in the bathroom, but the windows open, and I can hear my children playing in the front yard with the neighbor kids, (laughs) while I'm like losing a baby right there. It was very, oh, wow. Surreal. Very surreal. It was there was something about it. And I think, for me, what had it so hard is because we had finally come to the place where I'm like, okay, this is the marriage of my dreams, right? This is the all the things yeah. I've ever wanted to happen are now happening. And then yeah. this, like, are you kidding me? You know, not fair. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to go, I think, where people don't go often enough, which is I certainly didn't occur to me in the first four losses I had. But as I'm sitting there on the toilet, clotting like crazy and passing all of this, it suddenly occurred to me that, like, these plunks that I'm hearing in the water are like, they belong to me. Like they're a part of me. And, and that at 10 and a half weeks, I would have something visible to the eye, to the naked eye. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I just, you know, I, I just, I literally dove in. I mean, I just, I called my husband to the bathroom and I was like, I'm sorry, but I am not flushing. I cannot flush. I can't do it. Like I have to feel around in there. I know there's something in the toilet. Um, and I did, and I literally came up with the yolk sac. Um, and I'm so forever grateful that I just pardoned my language, but said, fuck it. I don't care what this looks like. Sounds like, feels like what anyone thinks, what, I, cause I need to know. I just, I need to, it's mine. This is my baby, you know? Absolutely. Um, very, I'd talk about another surreal moment where Chad and I are just standing there at the bathroom sink and I'm holding this yolk sack. It looks just like an egg yolk um, with this little, you know, like umbilical cord tentacle off to the side. I mean, it was just crazy. Um and what would be the fetus inside, but really looked like a big ink blot. And so, so many things are just rushing through my head at one time. It was incredible. Like, like a, how incredibly lucky we are to have this. Um, and like in that moment, the amount of closure it put on what we were experiencing. Cause like, that's pretty concrete, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then in the same moment, like the heartbreak and the despair, around, oh my God, we were so excited for this baby. And this is like so hard. (laughs) And then, and then also knowing that I should actually, like I said, be able to see a shape, right? Like a a fetal shape Mm -hmm. at that point. And to know that I was looking at just this sort of ink blot really had me 
realized that, you know, I probably, this pregnancy probably stopped progressing, you know, I would say days before I took that pregnancy test at six weeks. Right. Like, yeah. And I just had enough hormone, you know, everything was just right to be picked up on the pregnancy test. So, and just so, you know, like, so then it took my body, what, another, you know, three to four weeks to just naturally expel, recognize it and expel it on its own. And then that ultimate gift of actually being able to hold on to that. And so it took me, I can't remember, I want to say six months or something before I could even blog about it. And I just grappled with like, do I share this? And I'm not a person to like hold back. And I'm, I'm a really open book and I, I knew, I think I knew that if I was going to share it, I had to share all of it. Okay. And I just Mm -hmm. needed to know that it was either the right time for me to do that. Like I just knew that it'd be led to that. It was very much like a divinely led, you know, okay, now it's time to share this with the world. But what's really fascinating about this experience is, you know, I had that, took it back into the bedroom with me and just sort of laid it on my nightstand next to me. And I'm just laying there and having all my moments and all my feels and all my thoughts and all my tears. And and then my oldest one came into the room, came to the house and, you know, said, mama, what's wrong? And then I told her she was very devastated because, you know, obviously we had shared that we were pregnant with our girls and the little one came in and she didn't quite get it, but she was sad because I was sad and we had, you know, our moment. And, and very soon after I started to experience, you know, those of us who have had more than one baby know that these afterbirth contractions mm-hmm. are kind of, kind of catch us by surprise. And I started to have that blew me away, right? So this was the longest um, pregnancy, how do you say that? The longest loss I had sustained, you know, I was pregnant for the longest period of time, right? Before the loss right. was this, yep. so this 10 and a half weeks. So mm-hmm. before it was, um, or excuse me, no, this one was, sorry, this one was eight and a half weeks. I'm sorry. Um, but the one prior to that I had lost at 10 and a half weeks and, um, and that I'm just was crushed because it never occurred to me to like, you know, find something. So here I'm at eight and a half weeks and I've got this, I've got this yolk sack and I'm going through all the things I'm feeling. And, um, and it was, and I literally started to contract and I said to my husband, this feels insane. It was from the tips of my shoulders all the way down to my knees, Melissa. And it was, yes. Like I was shocked and surprised at how strong they were and how wide and like how broad because come on contractions pelvis low back yeah they're like not whole body Mm -hmm. right not whole body and so I I also knew that there's something else happening here because Mm -hmm. of kind of the expansiveness like how broad and big that was and um over the course of the next couple of days that continued to happen that in and of itself was toe curling it was so uncomfortable um that I never, I couldn't tell, like, was I crying over the emotional pain or was I crying over, like, the, the, the physical pain of it? Um, and eventually I just started to, like, pick up a journal and I started writing and, and it was interesting. I, start, I just really started writing about this experience and how different it was. And pretty soon I found myself writing about the one before that. And then I found myself writing about the one before that. And I, I literally went back to all five and I thought, oh, okay, okay, I get it. Like, it was this God moment of, like, okay, God, I... I see what you're up to here. Okay. And like was grateful and so thankful for that opportunity to, to grieve, take all the time them. and space to yeah. grieve all yeah. of them. But a really unique thing happened. And that is when I acknowledged that like, okay, good. Like, like perhaps that was like a little, like a little box set of five, right? <laughs> like I was now done grieving them. Nice and neat. And then nice and neat and tidy. And I set it aside nope over here to the right. And then it's like over here on the left again was suddenly this big box of crap that I hadn't dealt with. 
And so I realized there was this element of like our marriage that I hadn't really worked through. And so I started sort of sifting through that. And it was almost as if, no kidding, like almost as if I had this book in front of me where every time I turned the page on, a, on the left thinking I was done, there was like more. <laughs> and then when I was done, they would turn the page the other direction thinking I'm just setting it aside here to the right. I'd look to the left and just be like, oh my God, there's more. And, I, and that literally kept happening to me. I dealt with my marriage. I dealt with some issues with my parents. I dealt with, um, and I've openly shared, I was molested by my maternal grandfather for the first seven years of my life. And that's like, you know, not news to, you know, many people. I've shared very openly about that experience, but suddenly there were things inside of that that I was like remembering and hearing and experiencing and feeling that I had never felt before scared the daylights out of me. That's and I'm experiencing a lot. That's a lot of shit. Oh my yes, God. Like all at one time feeling like I was kind of by myself inside of a really safe marriage. It was just the most, God, talk about feeling alone on an island. It was incredible. So finally about three days into that, four days into it, I suddenly realized, oh my gosh, I need to just go see my practitioner. And like, can I drive? Like, do I feel safe? Can I, you know, can I do this? And talk with my husband and we agreed, yeah, if, you know. If tomorrow you're like feeling up to it, just go do that one thing, you know, and then come home. And I was glad I did because it gave me some um, exposure because we found that I had um, like three times as much arsenic hanging out right there in my uterus as a body should have. And I'm not a WebMD, you know, Google, Wikipedia crazy girl when it comes to self-diagnosing. <laughs> and I just don't really pay any attention to that kind of thing. But I did. And I was looking at arsenic and I know it's metal and I know it's in the ground and I started diving into some of that and lo and behold, I started to put the pieces together and realized that um, early that August, when I would have been in that kind of second or third week of pregnancy, we were in my parents' cabin in Ely where they've been doing a fair amount of mining for the last number of years. And we drank out of the well that we hadn't drank out of in a number of years because it was broken. Um. And arsenic levels are really high and brought to the surface um, in like higher quantities when there's mining going on. And I just thought like, I also don't believe in coincidence, you know? (laughs) So I was like, this is pretty incredible. (laughs) And then I went like from Wikipedia over to, I don't know, God knows what, you know, maybe it was WebMD where it was sort of like, here are the physical ramifications. I talked about cancers and, you know, kind of these, all these illnesses. And at the very bottom was were three things, um, low birth weight, still, still birth and, uh, miscarriage. And I just had to sit with that for a minute, um, grabbed all that information, you know, tagged it, sent it off to my practitioner, like, okay, well, look what you found. And now I have this understanding of, cause like I said, people had always said like, why don't you go? Why don't you get tests done? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I think the first thing to know and understand is that miscarriage is normal it's like normal and it's, and it's very common, not like it's an easy thing there or, you know, that's something that we can just sort of step over, but it happens, that, but it happens in lots happen. of time yeah. for women. It happens yeah. and they don't even know that's what's happening. You know, women, I mean, it's just, that's what's happening and they don't know it's what's happening. So, um, so there's some of that. It's just that when you're like, you know, that's what it is for some, it's just like, okay, whatever I happened and move on. Some people, they're not as attached to it, or I don't know if that's really the right word, but have, or connected to it. I don't know. 
Um, like I can tell, like I said, just some, I have like a recollection of, and some I don't, but I can actually pinpoint the stress around that time more than I can what I was experiencing inside that stress. So I just never had like, oh, geez, I just should go get all my hormones tested and I should do this and that. It's just, it's not really who I am. It's not, I didn't have that. I wasn't that curious to me. These losses, those sad seemed normal. It just did. And so I didn't have that. And to be honest with you, that's not what, that's not the kind of information. What I found and learned is not information I would have found and learned. It wouldn't have been helpful. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have helped you grieve or move forward. No. the situation you were in. Yeah. Right. Right. So that was really fascinating experience for me and really allowed me to go like, huh. So, okay. If I was able to kind of wrap my brain around how and why I believe I miscarried, you know, this last time, um, you know, and maybe just start talking about it and start sharing that when it feels appropriate. There's this, an opportunity there for people. Um, and so certainly the thing that was so mind blowing for me was that was the aspect of the, all the emotional healing I did that I had weren't even connected to it, but it, but you know what, all the stars kind of aligned because really, if you look at it, I had this whole like bullet pointed list of all these things had to happen in order for me to get pregnant again. And I had gotten my body to a place of what I thought was healthy in, you know, um, and our, our relationship was in a place where it had never been better and it was amazing and it was like safe and I could be vulnerable and all those things. So and consciously you were ready, but subconsciously. Right. Yeah. So I just think that's fascinating that, um, the subconscious piece or the conscious piece of like knowing I was there knowing I was ready and understanding I was in a, a safe place to do it is what allowed me to crack open that grief that I didn't know was there, that I didn't know hadn't been dealt with really and dive into that because inside that moment as well, I mean, this did not happen quickly. So, or at least it didn't feel quick. I mean, I remember being four to six weeks past that last loss and just still crying all the time. And, you know, I hadn't been able to jump back into some of the assisting agreements that I had in my life at the time where I was supporting people and where I was supposed to be showing up outside of work and my family. And I, um, and people kind of on my team are calling and just being like, this isn't the you that we know of. This isn't the you who like, you know, not to say that you should be swimming in this grief or not swimming in this grief, but like at some point, you know, like life goes on to a certain degree. And I remember having a conversation with my husband one night and he was just like, look, you just, at some point you have to just choose um, if you're going to move forward. And I remember thinking like, wow, am I like that far gone? <laughs> really? Like really that far gone? I mean, yeah. it was like a moment um, where I just had to, you know, like get kind of flat with myself. And I remember thinking, okay, I think the thing that I just have to come to terms with is that, I really need to choose to be okay with where we're at. And we've got these amazingly healthy girls. We are so lucky to have them. And um, I, this is maybe God's just way of saying, you guys, you're done. And there are other areas and places in your life where you need to spend your time and focus your energy. 
And I really like, once I chose that in a minute, Melissa, like I would, it shifted so much. Like it just like, oh, like a sneaker it, yeah. yeah, it was Ooh. really a powerful kind of light bulb moment because I was able to like wake up the next day and go about, you know, go about my business. So just to give you a little bit of like timeline, right. So I would have gotten pregnant in August. I miscarried at eight and a half weeks on September 24th. Um, I had my period, you know, sometime, whatever, month, month later, because I'm pretty clockworky, 28 to 32 days or so. Um, and then we were back at my parents' cabin over, um, over Thanksgiving and, um, with a water well, filter, be- I hope. <laughs> right. No, I just, we brought, I was like, we're not drinking. So we brought all of our water from home. Okay. Um, but that was like, I was then on my, you know, this is the thing. I'm never drinking that water again. Now, um, now what's interesting is, uh, is that someone found me taking a nap that weekend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we went home from Thanksgiving to me again, kind of going, huh, kind of think I was supposed to start my cycle a couple of days ago. <laughs> Um, to, you know, very quickly learning that we were pregnant again. And, um, and what and was that initial reaction? Do you remember? Like, I do. And that initial reaction was like, this pregnancy is going to be everything I ever wanted it to be. Like I knew oh. I would sustain, I just, there was something so crazy clear about it of, you know, I mean, front of the hand and back of the hand, right? So front of the hand, like super crystal clear that like nothing's going wrong. Everything's fine. I am like, so the vessel for this child, like I have been completely chosen for this journey and, um, and you're ready. I mean, I had it. I know. Yeah. There was just, I was this, I was ready. Now I cannot step over the fact that we do those things like silently do the happy dance that it's past week six and six and a half and eight and eight and a half and 10, 10 and a half, you know, when you've experienced these losses and you, right. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and just do that and just embrace all of that. Um, so of course there's always that little like, Ooh, what if, but, but, the, but there was more clarity than there was like fear and trepidation for sure. So it was just, um, but this time I was like, you know, we should really wait till I'm like 12 weeks to tell the girls cause they were just so heartbroken. Um, and that's the thing I grappled with. Like, I want them to celebrate and be excited with us. And yet, um, I can't stand their heartbreak. And at the same time, if something were to happen and my heart were to break, they would know it's broken and they'd be heartbroken too. So like, what do you do? Double-edged sword. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided let's hold off till Christmas. And we were in, um, Sedona visiting my, my in-laws and my, a now 14 year old, you know, called me out taking a nap on the couch. And she actually came over and leaned over to me and she was like, mama you're pregnant, aren't you? And I looked at her and really quickly beamed my eyes across the room at my husband, like, um, why? What do you mean? Cause mom, you're so tired and mom, you're taking a nap and mom, you never take naps unless you're pregnant. <laughs> so I was like ushering to my husband, like, okay, well, I think it's time to come on over here. I think we have an announcement to make. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and so that little dude is 28 months old and giving me a run for my money and he doesn't sleep much and I haven't slept in two years and you know <laughs> life is good all right that concludes part one of this podcast please stay tuned for part two where Nikki expands on her professional life as well <laughs>